You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, that was dumb. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not even mad today. Yesterday I was a little frustrated, but I, you know, I'm, I'm happy because it's finally over, right? 20, 2018 was just a bad year. Started off bad. The very first game, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. We found out shortly after this is not going to be a very good team, and we just had to suffer through it. Felt kind of a lot like 2017. Soon as Aaron Rodgers went out, it was like, well, going to be a bad year, but I can't hit fast forward because this is reality, and there is no, I mean, this isn't like TiVo. And yes, I still call it TiVo, that technology that came out for like five seconds before it was replaced. TiVo was still the best, though, man. That that Badoop sound, I miss that so much. It was like this new magic technology with, like, beautiful sounds. And they took that away from me, and I don't know why. But um, I suppose I'll give a couple thoughts on the Super Bowl. Um, first of all, I feel like the best possible scenario would be immediately after uh, Gladys Knight sang the national anthem. We could have handed the Patriots the trophy, saved the Rams the embarrassment of having to go out there and put on that display. No disrespect to the Rams' defense, which played great. Still pretty sure they're embarrassed after yesterday, though. And then um, award Gladys Knight the MVP, because I think she was. That was uh, one of the first times I wasn't embarrassed to listen to the national anthem. I thought she did a great job. You know, because she just sang it like a normal person and didn't try to get weird with it. And it would have saved us from, um, you know, watching Tom Brady play terribly but win another Super Bowl and uh, watch one person, Julian Edelman, and a couple punters have a good game and uh, a pathetic halftime show that um, was about as good as I expected. Also, maybe it would have saved me from, I'm not even going to say bad commercials because they weren't, they were just confusing. I just didn't get it. I don't know if I'm just an old fogey now or what, but I, I wasn't even mad. I had a friend over. I had to keep looking over to him like, what, what is going on? Like that one beer commercial where like the lady's whispering into microphones. He's like, oh, that's like a thing now. Like you wear 3D headphones or something and people like make noises into microphones. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, that's a thing. Like, but it's but it's like a beer commercial, and it's like, I yeah, I guess, okay, just a weird day, but not not bad. I mean, there was some cool stuff, a couple of like get you choked up commercials, which is kind of cool, and it wasn't like those kind of like fake get you choked up, and then it ends with like Nike, you know, where it's like we care about issues, except we don't. We just want you to buy our junk, and it's like, well, that feels not authentic, and I don't like you for that. It was like real things, and then at the end it was like, nope, we're not selling you stuff, we just thought you should know something awesome. I was like, oh, thanks. Um, also, had we just ended it after the um, the National Anthem, it would have saved me from literally gaining four pounds this morning, which is exactly what happened. <laughs> I apparently had about roughly four pounds of tacos, which, as much as I was outraged this morning, when I think back on it, it was like, yeah. That seems about right. I would say four pounds is fair. 
That was a lot of volume. That was just straight volume is what that was. Tacos, a couple brownies, and some cream soda. It was probably a pound of cream soda just by itself. I mean, if, if I'm just being real with it. But anyways, I'm just, I don't even care right now. I mean, it, I mean, and really at this point, it doesn't even really add anything to the legacy, to be completely honest. Like, if, when you look back over the history, if it was like the Patriots won five Super Bowls in this span compared to saying they won six, what is the difference? I mean, the greatest is the greatest. It's like if Brett Favre would have played like two more games. I'm like, I, okay. Like, if he'd have played three more games, he would have got to 300 consecutive starts. And that would be cool. But as a percentage, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Are we worried somebody's going to get to 300? Because probably not so much. The longest current streak right now is Phillip Rivers at 208. Which seems close. Like, 208 and 297, that's relatively small number. But we're talking about 89 games. If you don't include playoffs... We're talking about more than five more years of consecutive starts. 16 straight games for five more years will almost get him there. I mean, you get what I'm saying, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, cool, I guess. Point is, as Packer fans, it wasn't our year anyways. Why should I care whose year it was? And I guess the other good news, aside from you know, wanting the Packers to be the greatest franchise of all time and having to chase the Super Bowls. I mean, we got the championships locked up, but it still would be nice to have the Super Bowl totals and move up in that ranking. Don't really want the Patriots to separate. But aside from that, it wasn't the Bears. It wasn't the Vikings. It wasn't, you know, the Giants, which would have brought them up another bump, or the Steelers or another team that has a bunch of Super Bowls. You know, it's just, there's a lot of bad scenarios that it wasn't. So whatever. I guess the only real negative takeaway is what I said yesterday about how, in a sense, the Rams are a representation of the Packers going forward. Not exactly, but you're looking at a talented team that is relatively young and has a relatively young coach that is talented, and there's talent in the coach, and there's creativity on the offense, and there's talent along the offense, talented quarterback, talented wide receivers, talent, 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 going up against experience like the Patriots, Talent got annihilated by experience, and Sean McVay flat out said, yeah, I got, I got outcoached big time. Like, big time outcoached. Not even close. I am not, I didn't belong in the same stadium as Bill Bell. I mean, I'm, I'm elaborating on what he said, but let's face it, that's what he meant and said and what everybody saw. Now, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers, you have a different dimension, but even if the Packers were in that spot, let's just say next year, which hopefully things change, you're still in a situation with incredibly young coach who doesn't know how to really be in that spot. He doesn't technically even know how to be a head coach yet. He has to learn that on the fly starting in 2019. But beyond that, relatively young team, right? If there's talent at corners in the Super Bowl in 2019, they're going to be relatively young. If there's talent at wide receiver outside of Devontae, going to be pretty young. The running back's young right? Pass rushers, if we have any with talent, more than likely going to be rookies. Not just young, probably going to be rookies. So young, 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 along with coaches who are young, 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 and we kind of just got to hang our hat on the talent and then Aaron Rodgers, and hopefully that's good enough. And then, I mean, let's just face it, as much as it would be cool to have a whole Brady versus Rodgers thing, 
I just I don't want to even play that game, man, because I don't trust that. I don't want to play it. Just not doing it. No thank you. But anyways, the, the best news of the morning is that the season is officially over and the 2019 season can officially begin. I think everybody's got to kind of take the day to de- detox a little bit, whether that's literally or metaphorically. But um, for the rest of us, it's time to finally turn our attention away from the teams I don't care about, focus on next year, start talking about free agency, start talking about the draft. I'm already seeing stuff on Twitter about this free agency is going to be absolutely insane, which is easy to believe because it's getting crazier literally every year for the last probably three to four years, which is just fun. I kind of enjoy that. I like that aspect of it. And uh, before I elaborate on that, I want to kick it over to a dance party. Woo! That was amazingly timed. Uh, you feeling that? That's called the 2019 dance party, ladies and gentlemen. All right. That was <laughs> that was not planned at all, I promise you. If I tried to even time that and plan it that perfectly, I would have failed miserably. Um, and then the second thing I would like to do at this point in time is kick it over to a voicemail that I got from uh, Mr. Sam over in Boston. Speaking of Boston, I should probably call my grandfather out there and congratulate him on uh, getting another Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. I remember the good old days when it was like I'd call him up and be like, yeah, but they're not as good as the Packers, ha-ha. And he'd be like, yes, they are. And it would be like a little back-and-forth thing. And we both believed it. And now it's just like I feel like I just have to call him up and just be like, congratulations, you're still better than us. That's awesome. Way to go. Um, also, little side note just popped into my head before we get to the voicemail. And I know this doesn't make a ton of sense because if you're listening, you're obviously not having problems. However... My listenership, for whatever reason, and I know it's been kind of slow getting the feeds into different things, especially, and I've been telling you guys for a while, to try to find the like black and yellow uh, podcast feed and to go over to that. The green and yellow Packernet um, aggregator feed that has a bunch of podcasts on it. That one seems like it's been having some problems, and I had somebody reach out and like, what's going on with the podcast? I don't see it, and every time I check it, I can find the podcast, and then every once in a while it's gone. Like, there's something real glitchy with the feed. I'm not really sure what. But if you're having problems, or if maybe you couldn't find the show and then you found it later, or anything like that, let me know what the problem is or where you can't find it or whatever's going on, because legitimately, my listenership has less than halved. It's it's up from one quarter of what it was. So I expected it to be a little low as things change over, but it's still not even up to half of what my listenership was before I switched. And considering I can't find anywhere from Spotify to iHeart to iTunes and everything else, everything should be good, then I'm not sure why exactly there would be a problem. But just if you know of anything, or maybe if you, you know, used to listen to it somewhere and it's not there so you had to go somewhere else just just let me know drop me a line so I can try to correct it because a big part of doing this whole move was I want to grow the audience in the off season and if I'm starting from one quarter and grow it to where I was that's kind of counterproductive so just throwing it out there um also by the way if you could do me a favor and I don't ask for it very often but I think I'm going to start asking for it regularly please rate and review the podcast if you could because still to this day, every time I find a new like list, and it's like, okay, type in Packers. I just saw one today. My podcast isn't even on the list. 
I don't know if it's because I name it Packer Net, so if you type in Packers with an S, it's like, well, it, that's obviously different. I don't know what the problem is, but um, yeah, not finding my podcast hardly anywhere. So anywhere you are, and again, if you see the green and yellow like shield with like the striped yellow and green, that's not my podcast. My podcast is on that, so if you rate it, that's fine, but you're not helping my podcast. You're helping everybody's podcast. If you want to help mine, it is the kind of black-ish logo with like the gold pack daddy on it. And then now there's a little blue emblem at the bottom that says Overtime Media or Powered by Overtime or something. That one is mine. And if you rate and review that one, and if you listen to that one, which I would prefer because the more listens those get, the more iTunes is like, oh, this is kind of a big show. If you're listening on the other one, they're like, oh, that must be a big podcast. So that's why I'm like, come on over to the black one now, please. If everybody's listening to my podcast on the other one, nobody's listening to my podcast, and iTunes is like, oh, that must be a garbage podcast. So anyways, if you could do that, that would be greatly appreciated. I just need these things to start realizing how big my podcast is, because there are some podcasts that literally haven't even been on in years that are ranked higher than mine, which probably goes to the fact that these algorithms for podcasts are trash. But still, want to try to jumpstart that as best as I possibly can. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so let's get into uh, the question. That'll kind of jumpstart our topic for the start of the 2019 season officially. Hey, Ryan. This is Sam from Boston checking in. Wanted to get your thoughts on if you think the Packers are going to be buyers or sellers in this year's draft. What grinds my gears is the thought of them being sellers once again and missing out on some all-pro caliber players. I feel they have a bad taste in my mouth from trading out of our spots the past few years and missing out on guys like T.J. Watt and Derwin James, all-pro players virtually from the start of their careers. Um, this year, I just hope the Packers are going to stand pat and take the best guy available or trade up and get the blue chip talent. There's just too many holes in this team for us to be sellers again this year and not get the best player we possibly can. Uh, looking forward to hearing your thoughts, man. Thanks. So I had kind of touched on this a while back, and the, the whole question of the conversation was, are we a couple years out, or are we kind of ready to rock and roll right now? And the general thought process was, this is going to be for Gutekunst to evaluate the team and figure out if this is a time to kind of push all in, or are we just kind of considering this a mini rebuild and we treat it a little differently? If it's a rebuild, we're slowly kind of building around the outside. We're kind of cautious in free agency, maybe getting a couple. But, you know, the real buildup is for that time when we're ready to push all in. Meaning, 
yes, we want to grab talent if it's available, but we're not scared to trade back. You know, if we want to acquire another first-round pick next year or whatever, we could trade back and try to get another one next year. You know, we could trade from 12 to, I don't know, 20 or something, 22, whatever it would be, pick up a first, and then maybe trade up, giving up a third or something. Whatever, similar to what we did the year prior. And then in free agency, maybe we pick up a couple pieces, basically similar to what we did last year. We make a couple moves, but it's not really a huge all-in, although it could have been. You know, if we'd have gotten Khalil Mack, it's hard to argue this wasn't an all-in move. But I definitely tend to think, if I had to guess and put money, I I would be very confident that the Packers and Brian Gutekunst are all-in this year. And I kind of think they felt that way a little bit last year. I don't. I, I can't say if I think that's a good move or if it's correct. I wouldn't be surprised if this team is a couple years out. I mean, it just depends how you evaluate it. You can look at it from a positive standpoint and say we've got the quarterback, we've got good running backs, we've got Devontae, we've got some wide receivers that could be developed, we've got a decent offensive line. If you look at the coaches and, and if they can even markedly improve some of the guys we've got, then that's a huge up, you know, a big thing. we got Jair, who's pretty good. Presumably somebody's going to step up and be a number two, although in my personal opinion, which is not a popular one, we don't really have a number two. But we've got a good defensive line. We've got an opportunity to at least get one good pass rusher. There's a lot of good stuff going on here. So, I mean, if we push, we should be fine. It it just depends on how you feel about that. But I tend to think even not regarding, you know, what I'm about to say, but I don't want to give it away, all things being the same, I think Gutekunst wants to be aggressive this year. But add in the fact that we've got this young coaching staff, I I just feel like it's almost an obligation to at least push a little bit harder than you would otherwise. In other words, you you don't want to kind of push things off another year. So I I would expect more aggression. So more than we were used to before, because as I said, Ted Thompson was always playing for next year. Always. He never went all in. That was just not his philosophy because he was too scared of pushing too hard and breaking the machine. We want to be good this year, but we have to make sure we're still good next year and the year after that and the year after that. And he was so cautious about next year, he never pushed all his chips in on one year. I don't think Gutekunst is that way. And I think he also understands the urgency. And I think he is willing to to kind of push. Now, this is not... I, I, I'd be willing to bet almost anything. Not not only everything I said I would is is absolutely true. I'd be willing to bet that it is. I'd be willing to bet almost anything that what I'm about to say is not the case, and Gutekunst is not thinking this, but I just want to throw it out there. I mentioned a few weeks ago, I believe, that um, the time to start looking for Aaron Rodgers' replacement is kind of closing in on us. In other words, the time in which you'd want to do that is somewhere in and around 2020, maybe 2021. If, If you look uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was drafted three years prior to the end of Brett Favre's career ending, or at least ending in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers' contract is up in 2023. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers would have three years playing, or, or the replacement would be sitting on the bench for three years if we drafted somebody in 2021. So maybe 2020 is a little early, but the only reason I even bring it up, and I know it's it's super long-term, and it's one of those things you don't want to think about, like, oh no, it's too early, we shouldn't be talking about that. The only possible thing that I would be thinking about is the fact that next year supposedly is an unbelievable quarterback class. We have two first-round drafts this pick, two first-round picks this year. I almost don't even want to say it because everyone's just going to get upset because everyone's just thinking we need a pass rusher now, we shouldn't be doing whatever. 
if by some chance somebody offered us a first-round pick to move back a little bit, let's say a team wants to move up and get a quarterback, so they're willing to overpay. I don't know, Pittsburgh at 20? I don't really know who else would be doing it. First-round pick is probably way too much. But I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. If it was there and we had the opportunity to use our capital in the first round next year, and of course, obviously, it would be great if we were picking at 32 next year. But I'm just thinking, at some point, we have to start talking about the Packers replacing Aaron Rodgers, and our opportunities to find really, really good quarterbacks are very limited. I mean, just think how how incredibly ridiculous it is that we even got Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Brett Favre was basically just a joke in Atlanta. Like, they literally were just making fun of the guy. And the Packers were, or, you know, Ron Wolf essentially was super big time rolling the dice. Picked up this guy that I don't even think people in Green Bay cared for very much. (laughs) But it just, it all worked out. And he ended up being a freak and, and was better than I think anybody could have imagined. And then you look at Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the Packers were thinking quarterback. In fact, we know... As a matter of fact, they weren't considering quarterback. It wasn't until like the day before when they were like, you know, based on the way the board set up, what if one of these guys falls? And there's supposed to be some stud quarterbacks, but they should never make it back to us. I guess I'm just thinking the possibility of owning somebody else's first round draft pick and then being within striking distance of a ridiculously talented quarterback. Because I'm just considering what the future holds for us and knowing what it feels like these last two years to just be a flat-out bad team. It doesn't feel good. And, you know, I'm hoping that these last few years of Aaron Rodgers' career we can scrape together a few more good years. We have five seasons with Aaron Rodgers. Five. If this year isn't good, we have the potential of four. There's not very many chances we have left for Aaron Rodgers to win us a Super Bowl. So going back to Sam's question, yeah, the urgency is there. We got to push. If it's not this year, we got to go all in big time next year. But I also think Gutekunst needs to at some point start, and he will, because that's like one of the biggest things a GM can and does want to do. He wants to get his guy. He wants to get his guy as a coach. He wants to get his guy as a quarterback. He's going to be looking, and next year's one of those years that's just, it's crazy with quarterback. It depends who's coming out and who's staying, but just crazy. But I suppose even the other side of that is if it's that stacked, there's probably going to be talent at the end of the first anyways. And yeah, it's, it's probably too early. And, and it, you know, 2021 might actually be <laughs> a, a better time to draft, and it could also be stacked depending on, I hate autoplay ads, depending on how many of these guys stay in the NFL, right? Trevor Lawrence is supposedly coming out in 2021. He's going to be an absolute freak. But, um, I mean, just looking at some of the, you know, Justin Herbert, who went back to school, he's going to be in the draft. Jarrett Stidham, who went back to school, he's going to be in the draft. You got Shea Patterson, uh, Jacob Eason, um, Jake Fromm, Francois Lewerke, Tua uh, Tagovailoa, Kelly Bryant, Jake Bentley. I mean, how many of these guys are going to be studs by next year? I don't know, but these these are all guys that potential possible first-round guys. So I don't know. And again, 2020 is maybe a little bit too early to be looking at it anyways. I'm, I'm just trying to think of any reason why maybe we would be looking to next year. And those are the only two reasons I can come up with. One, they're playing 4D underwater upside down chess, and they're looking to the future of the quarterback class and trying to lock up their guy while they have that opportunity, which is a hard thing to do. And doing it three times in a row is going to be very, very tough. And, and you know, not only that, 
But if you draft a guy in 2020 and he's not very good, that still gives you a little bit more time to find another guy. You know, you get a, I don't know who it would be, Jarrett Stidham or uh, Justin Herbert or something, maybe at the end of the first. He doesn't pan out. You try to trade him. Get another guy in like, I don't know, 2022. I I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, I guess. I don't know. Again, it's not going to happen. They're not going to give up. trade back to get a first so that they can get a stud quarterback in 2020 that doesn't even really make sense the only other thing that i said that that maybe does make sense is if they think that uh maybe this isn't the year and there's just too many holes and you know part of his question was because we have so many holes but my thought is if there's that many holes and we're not ready to push in use this draft class to kind of just fortify a little bit rather than try to push in in other words if i'm pushing all the way in and i'm ready to do that then I'm kind of need picking as opposed to value picking, right? Need picking for me is something you do when you're like one spot away. In other words, let's just say Devin White is top of the board, but like the third guy down is a pass rusher and we really need a pass rusher and I'm not too worried about a linebacker. If I'm like one or two players away, I'm picking that linebacker, the outside linebacker, excuse me, the pass rusher. If I'm playing to just try to fortify my team and make my team better, I'm drafting best player available, and I'm just taking the inside linebacker. If you're asking my opinion, which he was, I think we, you know, not to say we aren't going to follow our board, but I would say that we're going to take the outside linebacker, the pass rusher, which is, I think, what most fans want. I think the Packers are going to be very aggressive in free agency. I think they were last year. You know, I, I think fans that say we weren't aggressive last year are fans that don't understand that you can't just buy players like it's a supermarket. You have to compete for players, and there's also a budget. You have to be, you know, budgeted. You can't just give anybody anything they want. That's kind of silly. But yeah, in my um, very professional and unprofessional opinion, professional being the sarcastic part, unprofessional being the more accurate part, I would expect the Packers to be very aggressive in free agency. I would expect, similar to last year, even if we don't get players, you're going to hear from Ian Rappaport, you know, other teams that were interested or teams that are supposedly inquiring about so-and-so player, you're going to hear the Packers a lot. And I was shocked last year, almost every single time there was a guy that was a high-profile guy, the Packers were one of the, like, if there's three teams inquiring about a cornerback or an edge rusher or whatever, the Packers were always one of the other teams. They called about everybody. Now, sometimes it was just a value thing, which is good. I don't want them to be irresponsible. I want them to be aggressive, but not irresponsible. I think some fans want irresponsible, and I don't think that's the right way to go. But I do think they will continue to be aggressive, and I think even maybe more so because, again, we also have the added pressure of now we have a new head coach, we have this new staff. We need this to go well. Because if you listen to a lot of like what Aaron Rodgers had said supposedly about the new head coach is, you know, it's it's a lot of change, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. I suppose the, I should give you the exact quote, which supposedly was, a lot of change in life is tough at first, but it usually works out for the best. So I'm excited about what's going on in Green Bay and the future there, which I, I you know, I try not to read too much into stuff, but when you account for the fact that he has to be positive, and this is the most positive he can come up with, to essentially say, this is going to be tough, in other words, hard to accept, and then goes on to say, but usually works out for the best. I can't help but feel like there's a slight bit of skepticism there, and sort of an attitude of, we'll see how it goes. In other words, the take that I've had and most people have had this whole time, which is essentially, if things go well, Aaron Rodgers will be happy and buy in. If things don't go well, 
there could be trouble in paradise real quick. And I think everybody understands that, and that would be another reason why somebody like Brian Gutekunst is going to make very sure that things do go well. Which is another reason why I do want to get another wide receiver. I saw somebody commenting, I don't remember if it was my YouTube channel or what, but somebody did, no, I think it was Facebook. Somebody did a mock draft with the Packers taking a wide receiver and the comments were just blowing up like, you know, I'm getting tired of hearing Packers need wide receivers. They've got talented wide receivers. I think they've got young guys that are super talented. It's like, I don't know. I don't think so, man. And I I don't know if I want to hang my hat on that. Like, well, you know, they've got Equinemius, who granted he was a late round draft pick. But, you know, there's probably like a, a 35% chance he could become a really solid number two wide receiver, and I'm willing to roll the dice. Okay, but I'm, I'm not, though, because this has to work. And do you understand how catastrophic, catastrophic it's going to be if Devontae Adams is once again our only wide receiver? Catastrophic. Because as we saw in the Super Bowl, Talent and scheme can only get you so far. Eventually you get up against somebody who's smarter and a team that plays disciplined football, and it just doesn't matter. At some point, you got to just man up and beat people. So I think the Packers need more scheme because they're not doing that enough, and there's plenty of times where scheme would be good enough to just do stuff. But sometimes you just got to be better, and Devontae is better. But I don't know if anybody else is better. And if, if teams like the Patriots just have to take away Devontae to win against the Packers, the Packers are not going to win very much certainly aren't looking at them as Super Bowl contenders. And on the flip side of it, if you're telling me all we need is one more guy that's a talented wide receiver that teams have to worry about and scheme about, that's all we need to make this offense like really scary? Like The difference between an offense that's not super great and an offense that's super scary is one very good wide receiver. Yes, it's the reason I wanted um, Antonio Brown. I can't stomach it anymore. But I think like one of one of the easiest, uh, I mean, similar to outside linebacker, like if you're talking about one piece that makes a massive difference, on defense it's going to be an outside linebacker, a really good pass rusher, makes a huge difference. We get pressure on the quarterbacks, it's going to help the defensive line, it's going to help the, the cornerbacks because they're not going to have to cover for quite as long. Everything gets better. Exact same thing with a number two wide receiver. It changes everything. It makes Aaron, you know, it helps Aaron Rodgers. It helps Devontae Adams. It's going to help the run game because they're going to be more focused on the pass. It's going to spread things out. It's going to make the everything gets better. Everything. I can't think of any single item on offense that could improve the offense more. I don't think a right guard is going to improve the offense even anywhere close to somewhere that a number two wide receiver could. And again, the idea that we're going to roll the dice and say, well, we've got Jamon, and we've got EQ, and we've got MVS, so, I mean, probably one of them is going to step up. I just, I don't, I don't even know how we got here, but I, I, just, I don't want to play that game. And yes, I, you know, I want to be aggressive. So to, to summarize my answer, I do believe, and I would agree, that it is a good time to be aggressive, and I expect the Packers to be aggressive for several reasons, as I've laid out. There is limited time. I think Gutekunst is just generally more aggressive, and I also think he understands the urgency of making sure that this works. Making sure for the for the locker room, making sure for Aaron Rodgers, making sure for the confidence of the team, making sure for the confidence of the coaching staff, making sure for you know Brian Gutekunst's reputation. The Packers were not doing well. He and Mark Murphy are being tasked with fixing this. All right, Ted Thompson and... Mike McCarthy did a lot of good for a long time. It's time for a new regime. 
this is this is Brian Gutekunst's legacy now. Actually, largely Mark Murphy's as well, but whatever. And, you know, regardless of how intelligent you are and how responsible you are, pride's going to play a part at some point. And at some point, you got to be saying, under my watch, we're going to start winning. We're, we're going to turn this thing around. And if, if your entire legacy is, I was handed the ball with Aaron Rodgers, and it was the worst years of Aaron Rodgers' career, at least that's what people are going to remember, and then I couldn't find a new quarterback, and then we were in the dark ages. Brian Gutekunst goes from being heralded. I mean, he's still in the honeymoon phase as well. Most fans, myself included, are like, yeah, Gutekunst is the man. If this continues, he will be the most hated man in Wisconsin. If he can't hit on draft picks, because again, I was big on his draft picks, but going back and and doing a review, Jair was pretty good. And I have confidence that he will continue to be good. He, he trailed off at the end of the year, but the whole team did, so we can kind of excuse it. But his second-round pick wasn't good. His third-round pick wasn't good. None of his other picks were really any good. So what did he do? Free agents. I mean, Muhammad Wilkerson looked like he was kind of going to be good, but he got hurt, so I'm not really sure. Tremont didn't super pan out. And, I mean, you just you look at other teams that are successful, right? They, they hit a lot in the draft. Packers didn't. They hit on big free agents. Packers didn't. So Gutekunst is in the honeymoon phase, but even for me, at some point, you got to demand results because other teams are out there doing it and they're making it happen. They can go out and get players in free agency that make a big impact. They go out and get players in the draft that make a big impact. This year, the Packers maybe don't have a gigantic amount of cap space, but it's plenty to make a splash. They have two first-round draft picks. They have a massive amount of total draft picks. They're also drafting relatively earlier in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. This is a, I, I think this is a make-or-break year for Gutekunst. And I think maybe that would be a third reason why this needs to be a big splash, because he realizes, and everybody realizes, he has no excuse this year to not come away with a massive amount of talent and to really improve this team. Because with an entirely new coaching staff on offense, on defense, including head coach, with two first-round draft picks, with over $40 million in cap space, if you don't come out of this with at least a playoff berth, this was a failure of a year. Zero excuse, with the exception of an Aaron Rodgers injury. Zero excuse. And that is the standard I'm going to hold him to. I mean, just with the talent we had, I think we were, we were borderline talented enough to be in the playoffs. With Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, blah, 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 it's good enough to at least squeak in to a wild card spot. I mean, the Packers should have been good enough to beat the Raiders. The Packers should have been good enough to beat the Lions. You know, should have beat the Cardinals. Not even close to being a problem with that. Shouldn't have been. You know, and then ending the season getting blown out by the Lions. I mean, if you want to split with the Lions, weird stuff happens, I guess. But going 0-2 against the Lions, give me a break, man. And as bad of a year as they had, that should have been 2-0. Let's just call it what it really is. And those are just the easy games. You know, I'm not even saying we should have beat the Bears another time. I'm not saying we should have beat the Vikings. I'm not saying we should have beat the Seahawks or the Patriots or the Rams. I'm just talking about the easy ones that were handed to us. Somewhere in there, there should have been three or four more wins. And that was my contention anyways. This was this is this is the talent of a team that is at least a nine win team. And I, I think they should have had at least nine wins. Nine to ten wins makes a little more sense just based on what we had last year. And again, this year with all the draft capital, with all the cap space, 
with the new coaching staff, with the new attitude, with the new energy. I I just I I have no more room for excuses. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Supposedly the Packers are opening Thursday night football against the Chicago Bears. I'm not sure I super love that. Um you know, I I you know, whatever. I don't want to read too much into it this early on, especially since it's not even officially confirmed, I don't think. But I, I you know, I don't know. I don't I just don't like September football because teams just aren't prepared. However, We'll see how it goes with Lafleur. I tend to feel like, even though when you look at him, it's like there's no way he's more strict than McCarthy. If you remember what we talked about, about the things we had heard about McCarthy and what Bakhtiari had said and how he had gotten lax, and it doesn't sound like they were super prepared, and it didn't look like they were super prepared, right? This is a team that always struggles with simple stuff like tackling. Just a team that is lacking discipline. And then you find out, like, yeah, people are just showing up late to meetings into the airplane and nobody got penalized or in trouble for anything do whatever you want kind of thing. It seems like Lafleur, especially if you listen to guys that played with him, it's like, yeah, dude, I mean, he's, uh, they, you know, there were some, <laughs> it's funny, you got, it's almost embarrassing, but I guess good for us. You had like Packers reporters going to the Super Bowl, asking guys who were going in to play a, a Super Bowl game against the Patriots about what the Packers can expect <laughs> from their 2017 offensive coordinator. It's just, it's such a weird question. You could sit, tell by, the way some of the guys answered it like why are you asking me such a ridiculous question i don't care about that right now but some of the guys took it in good spirit and they were like yeah he's 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 gonna let you know like he, he legitimately he's gonna get real upset because if you look at him and he just seems like a super nice guy but apparently he's not always super nice and he's just gonna call you dumb if you're dumb and he's very strict and he he expects a lot and it's very high discipline and they're gonna drill you over and over and over again which is great for a lot of reasons Number one, hopefully we don't have to see as many silly mistakes because guys know what they're doing. Number two, it should help a little bit with September football, even though there's no team that's ready for September football, including the Patriots. It's good to have a little bit of an edge. Plus there's that whole new coach edge where, you know, you always get that little bit of an edge when you got some new coaching staff because you got a new plays and all this stuff because you're kind of trying to learn up on the other team, whereas the Packers can look at Nagy and the Bears and say, okay, we can kind of figure out this is what they do you have no idea what to expect we don't know nobody knows what the Packers are going to do on opening day and to be see now I'm getting excited (laughs) I was angry like 30 seconds ago now I'm getting excited if you think about it also if I'm Lafleur, and this is my debut as a head coach and this is the Green Bay Packers debut and nobody's ever seen this and this has been the same team the same offense for how long now the Packers were embarrassed LaFleur is kind of an unknown commodity. It's Packers Bears. I mean, this is this is a huge game for this team for so many reasons. I mean, I'm playing it like the Super Bowl. I'm coming out swinging. I you know, that whole thing where it's like you don't show everybody your hand right away and you kind of like keep all your trick plays and all this crazy I, mean, I shouldn't call them trick plays, but you know what I mean? You kind of like keep it under wraps for a while. Do you remember what the Chicago Bears did week 1 against the Packers? Matt Nagy came out and was like calling crazy stuff and I remember thinking like this is kind of crazy but at the same time like okay we we kind of have seen everything now because you emptied your entire bag of tricks I kind of wonder if Lafleur is going to do a similar thing like I am literally throwing everything at you like everything that we have been practicing all the crazy stuff that like most people keep in their back pocket just for the Super Bowl no man we're doing that first play of the game because this is big 
This this is I mean it's so important. First of all, again, it's Packers Bears. It's Lafleur's first game. It's 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 you know how much does that do for morale with the entire you know universe watching? I couldn't think of the name of the country we live in, so I went with universe. So it's one of those days. Also, apparently, couldn't just think of the word country, but uh, I got universe. This also sounds cooler. So burn. But yeah, man, I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Don't play it safe. I mean, it, it's, it's going to do so much for Aaron Rodgers' confidence. It's going to do so much for the coaching staff's confidence. It's going to do so much for the locker room's confidence because you've been pumping them full of nonsense for so long. I mean, because let's face it, that's what it is. Like, we, this is going to be different. We're going to be amazed. Ah, blah, 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 right? The only reason McCarthy can't do that is because he's been saying it for years and years, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, we've heard it. You've got an opportunity to get guys to start believing it. And the fact of the matter is so much of what football players do on the football field has to do with emotion. It's kind of silly, but it's true. What happens when the locker room gets toxic? It carries out into the field and people don't play well. When guys believe and they play with the spirit and attitude that they believe they're the best, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Tell them they're the best. Throw everything you've got at the Bears. Then after you win that game, you say, you know what? The Bears are one of the best teams in the NFL. We smoked them like they're nothing. Get ready to get to start winning because, you know, get used to it. It's going to be happening a lot around here. And then from Thursday all the way through Sunday, you're going to have everybody talking about the Packers are a force to be reckoned with. The Packers are back. Aaron Rodgers is back. LaFleur proved he's, he's all this stuff because everybody's been just... They have nothing better to do. So once football actually starts, everyone's just going to go ridiculous. Like, everybody's going to forget how to be, like, measured. Everyone's just going to go nuts. And the Packers are going to be, like, on the Super Bowl radar and everything else. And you know what? Play into that. Your guys need to hear that media narrative. The young guys who have only heard the Packers aren't very good, they need to hear that. They need to know. Same with the defense. Just throw everything at them. Like, legitimately, I don't know who the better defense is. Bears defense kind of got smoked a little bit. Packers defense kind of tore up Trubisky. Like, they got that one pick and, like, a couple sacks, and that one rookie's kind of good, right? Like, what is the narrative if the Packers defense plays better than the Bears defense because the Packers offense carves up the Bears defense and the Packers defense just takes advantage of Matt Nagy, who, you know, again, he had his first year where he got to throw a bunch of stuff at people and nobody knew what to do. What happens in year two? You don't have a bag of tricks anymore. A couple little wrinkles, maybe? I don't know. LaFleur's got all year to figure out how to beat you. So it really is, in a sense, advantage Packers. And in a weird way, I almost hope that that game is in, in Chicago. Because if that is the stance we take and we do beat them, it would be nice to have that, that big advantage to take place in Chicago so that the next time when the playing field levels out a little bit, it's in Lambeau. And we end up beating them 2-0 and in 2019. And then beyond that, if we do have a Thursday game, that means we get extra time to prepare for Week 2 against whoever that bum might be. I don't know. Am I reading too much into 2019 already? (laughs) But it makes sense. It makes sense, and I don't know why that wouldn't be your your thought process. Again, that's exactly what Matt Nagy did. Didn't really pan out, I guess, because they lost. But yeah, just, just throw the book, man. Because that does need to be the theme this year, to... I, for the third time, bringing it back full circle to Sam's question. Yes, we should be aggressive, and we should try to load up. And, and we should be keeping games like that Thursday game against the Bears in the back of our mind in free agency in the draft. We should be thinking about kind of on, on not, not even so much macro, think micro. 
What's going to help us win week one? What's going to help us get the edge on the Chicago Bears? Think specifics. we got to beat the Bears. we got to beat the Vikings. If we're going to win in the NFC North, if, if we're going to get into the playoffs, we don't just need to be a good team. We need to be a good team that's going to beat the Bears twice, beat the Vikings twice, and there's also the Lions, but whatever. Specifically, what's going to give us the edge over those teams? Right, Both of those teams have pretty good defensive lines. Offensive line, something to think about. You know, I, whatever. I, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Anyways, I think that'll be about it for today. I'm, I'm rapidly running out of time, but um, I want to continue our series looking at some of our opponents. I also want to be sure to continue to hit on free agency um, and a little bit on the draft at least once a week to kind of check in on those things. And um, I'm also thinking about trying to get more guests on here. That's not usually my thing um, because, I don't know, it's just, it's hard to do when you do a 3 a.m. podcast, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I, I think that needs to be the goal this offseason is to try to mix it up a little bit, try to do different stuff and, and see what we can do. So I've got a few different ideas, but one of the things I need to start doing is trying to get more guys on the podcast. So I'm going to be looking into that and working on that. Um, I've got some names of people uh, that I'd like to get on or get back on or whatever. So I'll be working on that and then uh, hopefully try to find a way to make that work as far as, um, you know, when. <laughs> but anyways, um, lots to look forward to this year. And um, hopefully we, we start off firing, firing on all cylinders and that carries into, uh, you know, the next several years of, of success. But anyways, hope you folks enjoy your Monday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.